Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Tally-ho, welcome to the Working Interferences podcast, a dental advice show. I am Joshua Austin. And I'm Lance Timmerman. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm Lance Timmerman. Lance, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. And yourself? Is there something wrong, Lance? Uh, I got so many things that are wrong. I, I notice you're having a bit of a hard time sort of keeping it together there. Stiff up a stiff up a lip, uh, you know, uh, chin up and whatnot. I get stiff, but not maybe not upper lip. Lance, I have to tell you, I've been, uh, as you Americans might say, binging, binge watching a show on Netflix called The Crown. Ah, okay. I fancy myself quite an expert on uh, mid twentieth century English monarchy. So you're an Anglophile. That seems like a perverse type of thing, so I don't know if I will admit to that, it being a fine English gentleman. Gotcha. Uh, however, I've, I've just sort of, you know, fallen into this world of, of English whimsy. Gotcha, gotcha. So if I said, uh, uh, if you, it's a good thing you don't have a Cockney accent, um, that would also be perhaps taken wrong. Well, you know, I, I would presume that that would be somebody of some sort of lower class, and That's certainly... Right. To portray that, that the show doesn't really show anybody of that type of, you know, chimney sweep or anything like that. It's it's all monarchy. It's all it's all uh, uh, dames and and sirs and whatnot. Gotcha. So I just assumed you'd be big in the Cockney. Uh, <laughs> you're presuming much, I must say, <laughs> my dear sir. Um, it's 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 a world of of just wonder. To see your know, Buckingham Palace and whatnot, and and uh, you know you just can't help but get swept away. I'll take your word for it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what all I can do. It does get to be really difficult to, to think about how an English person would say every single word. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I've uh, binge watched Renee Zellweger. Yeah, I don't. Was that? I, she did uh, Brid- uh, Bridget Jones Diary. I, yeah, I don't. I don't remember seeing that, and if she was good accent wise in it or not i have no idea if she was good but i know she carried the accent all the way through the entire show well that's worth something yeah i guess points, points for effort yeah this is pre-surgery i don't know if that maybe she can't do the accent now that she her eyes are open I, I really would have done a french accent because your daughter just got back from paris yesterday true but i cannot and it would have just been 15 minutes of me going ho, 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 ho. and i think that would have unfolded really quickly so your yeah. daughter went to paris and uh got back yesterday she did how, how was her paris adventure it, it was really good um she both my daughters apparently have i got gave them the wanderlust i took them to france when they turned 12 and so my oldest a couple years ago just took a gap year and it went all over Europe for about three months. And Skylar was a little, um, probably didn't want to do the same kind of thing for this. So for her spring break, she convinced her roommate to, to pony up the money. And the two of them went to, to France and just, just Paris itself and, um, had a little adventure. And I coached them along saying, Oh, go over here, get a sandwich there. And they, they discovered other things that I 
didn't know of, but yeah, they uh, they whooped it up and then got. My, is, she a, is she a smoker now? I think she's all into the Jetons. I don't know what that is. It's it's a brand of uh, French cigarettes. Can you get those at uh, Circle K? Uh, yeah, it's right next to the the uh, American Indian. <laughs> <laughs> They're better than the Galois, right? D- is 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 France the only country in the world where smoking is still okay? I think it's most of Europe tends to still smoke. Uh, I mean, everywhere I went, they were still sm- smoking was still really common, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to the Ivoclar Aesthetic Summit in Rome in June, hmm. and uh, so I bought a book about Rome, just a like a Fodder's book about Rome. Right. Is it Fodder's or Fodor's? You know, I, I have no idea. I'm always wrong every time I guess. I, I always- said. I said Fodor the other day, and Andrea made fun of me. So oh, really? I, she she alluded to it being fodders, but that seems okay. Be F O D D E R S instead yeah. of F E O R S. Like I, I would I, have said the same thing you did. Yeah, I think of Hodor from from Game of Thrones, but like <laughs> yeah. a guy to hold a hold a uh, I don't know a, a an elevator at an airport, you know, traveling somewhere overseas. <laughs> Hodor, Fodor. Um, so anyway, I bought one of those books about Rome, and it did say that like smoking is banned in pretty much all of Rome. Like you can't do it in That's any restaurant or public places, like you know, Piazza mm-hmm. Navona or any of those kind of places. No smoking in any of those places. Were you thinking of taking it up? Uh, I, I wasn't, but that just okay. makes me think. You know, if if all you know, Europe may be still fairly smoke friendly, but Rome, I guess, is is on top of it. They are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not having it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Your daughter had a good time. She had a great time. Great time. She made it back safely. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uneventful. I mean, her, her trip there, as we were checking her in, uh, they knew she wasn't going to make her connection. We, we were so cheap. We got her really, really cheap airfare. It was like five hundred bucks to to a round trip. It's, how old is she? Nineteen. She doesn't need to be sitting in business class. Like exactly. Coach, like sit in the middle. You're fine. Yeah, and so, uh, but she didn't make her connection in in London, and uh, so they gave her the option: you can wait till tomorrow, where there's a good chance you'll be able to make your connection, or we'll send you to London, and then we'll just put you up in a hotel there in London, and you'll spend 24 hours in in London. So we looked at her and said, "Go to London." <laughs> so she got a chance I, to. I quite agree, Lance. Go to London. Yeah. So she got a chance to to take in the site. Well, a site. I mean, there wasn't enough time to really do a tour, but uh, she got her a, a taste of London. Had some chips and uh, she made it to Paddington Station. I think is the best as far as she got before she had to get back on the Heathrow Express and get back to the hotel. That's awesome. Well, good for her. I hope she knows how lucky she is. My uh, spring break experiences when I was in college were not quite so refined. Little uh, Fort Lauderdale kind of action, Daytona, uh, South Padre Island, which is in Texas. So that's kind of where everybody in Texas goes. So same. And what? Yeah, one year we went to Dauphin Island, Alabama, which was interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, right. um, not exactly the French Riviera. Not quite, no, no. <laughs> well, Lance, uh, this is an advice show. Uh, we answer our listeners' questions. We answer questions we find on all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. Reddit! We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of advice. So please, listeners, we need your questions. They are the sustenance that we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question, do we, Lance? No. 
we don't want a bunch of boring questions. Like I don't have any idea what other product I can ask about, but whatever the best one of those are. <laughs> I'll take two. It's later. It's like 930 here at night. Uh, we want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Mm-hmm. So with that, we are ready. This is a listener question. Question one, Will asks, thanks for ruining peanut butter and sandwiches for me. Uh, went to make a PB&J sandwich and felt so guilty like I was doing meth. That's a callback to our, a previous episode where I believe a Reddit user like ate two peanut butter sandwiches a day, yeah, uh, yeah. every day and was wondering why they their teeth were decaying everywhere. Um, so on to Will's uh, question. My question for the show, I have a new assistant, good personality and good rapport with patients. My problem is that her voice drives me crazy. Something about the way she talks really grinds my gears and feels like fingernails on a chalkboard. Should I just hire a hitman to not have to deal with this or pierce my eardrums and learn sign language? Lance, those both seem like things that we might recommend for this. I was like, we're done. So he's sort of... um, Stepping on our game a little bit with that. Those aren't bad ideas. Lance, what instrument would you use to pierce your eardrum? I'm really thinking a 4R4L would be really effective in piercing the tensor timpani. I think that might be good. I was also thinking about like a uh, 34 elevator um, wouldn't be bad. And then a, um, you know... I was thinking of like a Montana Jack, like hygiene scaler, but the the angle of that may be tough. You kind of need something with a little bit of straightness to it, I think. Would would a Cavitron be more effective? Ooh, in... Maybe. Okay, because you're gonna flush the irrigate as you are uh, yeah. piercing. Maybe just like a 15 blade. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Sharp to the point. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> the learning sign language thing seems difficult. You, you see those things around that are. Um, it takes there was one during, there, yeah. yeah, there was one during Hurricane Harvey where there was a uh, press conference, you know, from the local authorities. Uh-huh. And a person there doing sign language, and it turns out they didn't know what they were doing. Have you seen? Have you ever seen those? Or like the sign language people that get really into it and they're kind of taking over the show? Yeah, yeah. That seems like an interesting deal. It was so funny. I, I think I did see that. The guy was like just making stuff up and it was hilarious. My daughter actually took American Sign, like my oldest took American Sign, and she was like so offended. Like she actually gets into it. They'll go to some meetings and things, and it's a silent dinner. And I'm like, that sounds so terrible. Seems miserable. <laughs> oh my goodness. Please but, tell me they don't fried chicken at that, you know, like finger foods. Because how are you supposed well, to? Well, you're talking with your mouthful every time, right? Yeah, is that the equivalent of talking like holding a chicken drumstick while you're signing? Is that the equivalent of talking with your mouth open? It's gotta be. It's gotta be sign language. I, I, greasy fingers. Are you slurring? It ha- that has to be some sort of faux pas, like societal mm-hmm. faux pas for sign language enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Hire a hitman. Eh, it's gonna be hard in today's day and age. We got Craigslist for that, right? I, is that where you can go? <laughs> I just feel like there's going to be a pay, there's going to be an electronic paper trail here. Uh, you know, you're going to have to get a burner phone, and then there's going to be you know some uh, like Walmart uh, security camera footage of you buying the burner phone at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night. You know, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's going to be hard to get away with. I would stay away from a hitman. I mean, I know how you would deal with this, Lance. <laughs> what do you? To, we all know how Lance would deal with this. He would just fire the employee. <laughs> well, I, you know, funny. 
Um, recently, I had, um, this will be no shock, uh, some staff turnover. And uh, so I put an ad out and a person responded and I invited him in. A um, lot of experience, a lot of background that I liked. Brought her in for the working interview. And oh my God, I had to send her home within two hours because her voice, imagine a Betty Boop without that Jersey accent kind of thing, but just that high pitch oh. with a lisp. Not good. Oh, I, within about 20 minutes, I'm like, I, I got to finish this procedure and just tell her to go home. This is not going to work. So I, I'm totally empathetic with the, with the, the poster or the guy, um, Will. Will. I'm totally empathetic. And Will, I can't believe it's lasted as long as it has with you because I only got two hours out of that one. Well, that's a, we, we do have a bit of a history with these types of like annoying staff things. Was it? <laughs> I was trying to remember what they were. One of them was Zach, uh, and he had his uh, front desk employee that would sneeze on schedule daily. Right, right. Then we had Craig and uh, Brain Tumor Brain Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Carol. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, we had Sim and the loud talking cleaning lady, AKA hygienist who, uh, would ruin her day with her loud piercing voice. Mm-hmm. Now we got Will and this annoying voice assistant girl. I shouldn't say that she may not be. Oh, it does say her voice. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, there's a gender pronoun here. Um, her voice drives me crazy. I was thinking about, you know, the opposite of annoying in my opinion would be like a sexy voice, like a sexy sultry voice. I'm going to name some ladies with sexy voices and I want you to tell me if you agree with this list. Okay. Kathleen Turner. Uh, well, lately or about 20 years ago? Like Romancing the Stone. Okay. Kath- that one's fine. N- lately, yeah. man, she powers, you know, mid 80s, yeah. like body heat, that sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, she's list worthy. Ellen Barkin. Yeah. Again, like 80s, right. you know, I, I think Ellen Barkin's probably when she was throwing her fastest fastball would be what, like 88, 89, somewhere in there. Somewhere Late in there, yeah. All right. So we've got two. How about Demi Moore? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of Demi. Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Good call. There's 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 a, a, a commonality amongst those voices. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of smokers' voices, right? Yeah, there I you think go. That's, you have to get start. I'll go have my send my daughter back to Paris, get some French cigarettes, and I'm assuming they're free. Would be my guess. Like they're a very small filter, like on a French cigarette. It's just as almost straight tobacco as you could get. I would guess, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they look like Lucky Strikes in a blue box. I, you know, I, how would you handle trying to get an employee to start smoking? Well, Pay you, smoke Joe breaks? Camel, you get some like a cartoon mascot. Okay, we we have a new mascot actually for the podcast. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we have Bulgy, the uh, the yellow tighted bulge in the pants from a couple episodes ago with Aaron Elliott. But but yeah, so you need some sort of smoking mascot around the office. Mm-hmm. I think you cool. need yeah, totally cool, like super hip jean jacket you know, kind of deal. You need to do paid smoke breaks, but not paid like lunch or <laughs> restaurant. And the only thing that they're getting paid for other than working is smoking. Yeah. Like incentivize it for every cigarette. It, it goes up exponentially in, in, you know, pennies or however you're going to do it. So yeah. Some it. sort of in-office Marlboro Miles sort of deal. Remember Marlboro Miles? 
you can get a kayak with it. The problem is, by the time you smoked enough cigarettes to get a kayak, the last thing you wanted to do was go kayaking through the Grand Canyon. <laughs> That's right. Well, you could do it kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese. You know, you play the, the ski ball thing, and it spits out tickets. And so you, yeah. you give her just a whole bunch of tickets, and then she can redeem them. Redeem, but only thing you can get is cigarettes. Yeah, but yeah, more cigarettes. More cigarettes. That's right. More cigarettes. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard to get her hooked on smoking. It shouldn't be that hard. I, I wouldn't think it'd be that difficult. And, and you might... Will might start having a thing for this assistant after she gets that deep smoker's that voice. That deep voice, yeah. You know, the uh, in the Crown, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, many of of the uh, the monarchs in uh, Queen Elizabeth's family were were just sort of chain smokers. I mean, just cigarette mm-hmm. after after cigarette. And her dad, at least on the show, I have no idea if this really happened. Mm-hmm. Dad, uh, Prince or King? Um, oh, I think it's King George. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, this is great. Fifty-two or something. Yeah, somewhere in there. That's when she took over. Uh, Queen Elizabeth's dad, uh, George the Sixth. Um, he had one lung surgically removed and woke up from the surgery and smoked a bunch of cigarettes. <laughs> so, That's not a great plan. Yes. Definitely committed to the game of smoking, so shouldn't be that hard to get uh, your assistant hooked on on the cigs there, Molly. And once you get her hooked on the cigs, next thing you know, she's going to start sounding like Kathleen Turner and romancing the stone. I bet case acceptance goes way up right then. Way up, I'm sure, especially for male patients. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we just got to get that annoying voice a little smoky. A lot more sexy, and we're good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, we've, we've done some good here. I think so. We've done good. All right, question two. Sierra asks, let's call this a hypothetical question. What kind of fines or penalties would a dentist be looking at for OSHA offenses, like not sterilizing handpieces between patients or using all the same endo-irrigation syringes with the same peroxide sodium uh, slash EDTA uh, on all patients and just cavi-wiping the outside? Or passing uncapped needles. Sierra, you're a dirty girl. Dirty, dirty girl, Sierra. Um, okay, so this is a hypothetical. So anytime somebody asks that, that means that this is solely for information only. Right. That there's no sort of ulterior motives or further fact-finding involved with the question. Is not even asking for a friend. You're just not asking. We're not asking for a friend. This is just it. You know, this she, she's an interested person. She's she's sure. got she's curiosity. She's got curiosity. Yeah, she's a curious soul. It's so see, you're not a dirty girl. You're a curious girl, and that's okay. Um, I you know, so shit kind of happens day to day in a dental practice, right? Like, yeah, you run out of hand pieces or whatever. You know, something like sterilizer doesn't get run at lunch, and the first patient after lunch needs something. You know, and so on things like hand pieces, like I feel like. Probably every dental practice has at some point cavicited a handpiece really good mm-hmm. because it didn't get a chance to get run. I don't feel like that's out of malice. I think it, it just clean. happens, right? I mean, like yeah, it's going to honestly, it's going to be fine. Here's the deal. Um, if you read CR, uh, Gordon Christensen's clinician's report, cavi- like nothing we use to wipe stuff down works. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It, a cavicide, you have to leave surfaces wet with cavicide for 10 minutes. Wet for 10 minutes for it to work. So, like, what is the turnover time for your hygiene operatory? 
What it ain't ten dioxide. Can we use that? I don't. There's another thing, and I don't even remember what it's called. From the last time he looked at, you know, infection control, huh. that actually worked pretty good. I'd have to go back and look. I'll go back and look at that and, and bring it back next episode. Okay. Um, so I mean, I don't know. There's stuff everywhere anyway. You know, as soon as you open that packet of instruments out of the sterilizer, the second they're open, like the tray, I yeah. just. Uh, you know, I mean, it just we. <laughs> it's actually amazing we don't get sicker. Uh, that's the. You know, our immune system is pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. So, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I mean. Although to say, you know, I mean, sharing the peroxide and sodium EDTA. That's that's the one thing from this question that I think is is. Yeah. How much are you saving by reusing those endo irrigation syringes? Yeah, that that like twenty cents. Not even that. I don't think that's that's the one that's not worth it, right? That's the one that I look at this question and be like, eh. Yeah. Passing of uncapped needles. I'm sure it's some. It seems dangerous, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's some like something has happened during an injection or whatever that's forced me to pass my assistant an uncapped syringe. I, I don't make a normal practice of it, but I'm sure at some point I have. Really. Because I, I can't even think of a time when I would. Although I'm, I'm a big, I love the wand. So hey, shout out to um, the Milestone Scientific. If you want to sponsor the podcast, I'd love to pimp you. So I'm, I'm never going to be passing a needle because it's kind of a tethered to the, the whole system. But still, I pass. Uh, I'm just the only thing I'm thinking is like, you know, you're inserting a crown or something like that, and it's sensitive, and you have the crown in, and you're anesthetizing, and the crown pops off or something, and you want to like get rid of the syringe really quick so you can get the. Mm. I don't know. I'm not saying I ever have. I just feel like maybe at some point there was some sort of emergent situation. Yeah. And, and if, that, that, if that's the case, I mean, that's certainly not <clears throat> habitual. I'm pretty sure we're not talking right. fine. It's not, it's not gonna be a yeah. regular thing. That yeah. would, so passing of a of an uncapped needle seems strange to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw somebody completely under the bus because if it was a one time thing, yeah, you know maybe it just is what it is. The the not sterilizing hand pieces between patients. I don't want to say it's bad because you certainly should. Mm-hmm. If you make a habit of not doing that, I could see how there could be an OSHA penalty. Yeah, but I hard time thinking like oh she's going to come in and just slap the cuffs on you because your assistant forgot to run the sterilizer at lunch and you have a 130 patient and you need a handpiece to do the crown prep right. and you just wipe down with cavicide because you had no other option however there was that what was an oral surgeon in oklahoma where- he was using a toaster oven like this is sterilizer <laughs> i'm not lying he was really? using literally a toaster oven oh like God. Three seventy-five or something like that. That's that was his. That's what he was using to sterilize instruments. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a little different than than this. I guess I didn't read the whole article. <laughs> I mean, we all awesome. have, there's we all have kind of dirty things that we're guilty of. I think in our practice. Is there anything off the top of your head that you can think of, Lance? Uh, not off the top of my head. I mean, I, I really, <laughs> with so much staff turnover, I got to assume they're going to turn me in for anything I'm doing wrong. So I'm trying to be really, really careful. I, there's, I have a couple that I can think of and I'll admit to them Okay. because one of them is something that, that I, I think it's not my fault. Okay. So have you ever used uh, a company named GC America makes these things. Uh-huh. They're called GC forceps. And let me see if I can find them on Google. If I just Google that, um, GC is the first one I've ever seen that, that has made them, but other companies make them now. Um, and so they're like forceps that have these little rubber pads on them. And those rubber pads, like they're great for like oh. removing a crown, like yeah. that, like 
a permanent crown that's been cemented with uh, temporary cement or a temporary that you can't get off or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they do they do really well for that. Um, and and so they're like forceps with these little pads that you snap on the end of them. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, GC uh, also looking for a sponsor, so we'd love to pimp you too. Yeah. G- Hit us up, GC. Um, The GC ones have little yellow pads. And when you order them, they send you a box of like 30 or 60 of the yellow pads. Um, I recently got a set of those. They're called GC pliers, by the way. GC pliers. If you want to look them up and see them, they're actually really great, really handy to have around get you some GC pliers. Yeah. Um, I got got some from another instrument company, and I'm not going to name any names. It's an instrument company who I really like. Mm -hmm. I think they make really good stuff and they have a very similar setup except their pads are blue and their pads are $25 a pair. Oh my God. And that's two, one for each side of the pliers. Is this one use disposable or? It doesn't really give you any instruction as far as like, do you cold sterile these? Like if they're $25, I can't use them one time and throw them away. Yeah, I mean, then it's going to be a hard pass. Uh, as in hell, no, I'm not buying that one. I'll, right. Dan Boskasevic with GC. We send me some. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the GC ones come multiple multiple pads, and so those are you throw those pads away each time. Mm-hmm. This other companies do not. Mm-hmm. And so we run them through cold sterile um, and then, you know, autoclaved the metal part of the forceps themselves you take the pads off and run those through cold sterile and then autoclave the the pliers Mm -hmm. and seems to work okay but i don't know that that's how it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. but why how can you charge 25 dollars for two of them yeah it's not reusable right yeah that that wow it's nuts here's another one and i'm going to confess to this and and maybe i'm in the wrong here i hope i hope i'm not lance you have one hygienist, yeah? Sometimes. Okay. How many hygiene hand pieces do you have? Uh, well, we got the little disposable sleeve that goes on top of it. Okay. And then you just... Yeah. And so we, we, we bag the, the motor part, and then the other part that's disposable goes on top. But I, I was talking to my, my rep, product, my Burkhart rep the other day, saying, wait, how are we supposed to... Are we supposed to be autoclaving the whole motor versus just the top part? And uh, he was very vague, and he said that the manufacturers are purposely um, non-committal on on it. They would certainly would love you to have eight or fifteen to to be one at a time and autoclave the whole thing. But and then you've got the the gears and everything are just going to melt, so you're going to be going through hand pieces every couple months. That seems crazy. It's totally crazy. So I a lot of head. So that's why I said I'm I'm cava wiping that thing and we'll put the little disposable thing on top. I've got three hygienists uh, a couple times during the week. Hmm. I have three Profi hand pieces. And so we kind of do like you do, you know, and try to bag it up and then have the disposable Profi head part kind of sticking out above that. But, um, you know, then it gets cava wiped in between. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't get autoclaved after every patient. Like it gets autoclaved at lunch and it gets autoclaved. They get autoclaved at the end of the day. But I would literally need to make it through an entire day. Mm-hmm. I would need 24. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't happen, no. you know? No. And then uh, you just figure the wear and tear just of the autoclave itself. You lube it up and throw it through the heat and then take it back out. You're, you're spitting oil and gears are going to start fusing. It's, it's a bad idea. Very bad. I, I don't like those are made you know like do you have a a uh, assistina or one of those automated quattro care and my god yeah i did the math i've saved thousands over the years by 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 lubing it correctly uh 
my rep was telling me that, that his other clients were routinely buying hand pieces on kind of a regular basis. And I, when we were starting to do the math, I hadn't bought a hand piece in like eight years. Yeah, because you're taking care of them, right? Yeah. I don't think you can like put a hygiene hand piece on those. I don't think so. Uh-uh. Mine, not on mine. Mine has like the cable coupler on it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. got one of those couplers. You snap like high speeds go in them. Right. And I think our slow speeds can go in them too. I don't. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but but six pin or six hole hygiene hand pieces. There's not a way to put yeah. them there to clean them. So I, it just like those seem to be an area to me of of um, where things just like feasibility doesn't. Add, you know, you just can't right. feasibly have enough of those to have one to get have one sterilized after every patient not a, yeah. email us or message us and let us know if you have that many of those i just i've worked in a bunch of dental offices in my life and i've never worked at a practice that has 50 you know or 20 yeah. hygiene hand pieces you know it just doesn't um so I, I reached out to a friend of mine who who does osha stuff and, and insurance stuff uh-huh. for dental practice here in San Antonio, a guy named Carrie Smith at uh, Dennis Secure. Shout out, Carrie. Uh, if, if, Carrie, if you need, you know, if you need insurance stuff, uh, disability, uh, malpractice, uh, general liability, all that kind of stuff. They does OSHA training and all that sort of stuff. And so I just sent him this question and said, hey, what's the kind of fine on one of those? And he said it's 7,000 for the first fine and then it escalates from there. So let's say, let's say the not sterilizing hand pieces between patients, let's say that's a chronic thing that sort of is done in regular practice, not just a freak one-off, hey, crazy busy day and we just didn't get a chance to turn them around. There's mm-hmm. seven Gs right there. I'd say I just wow. another seven for the endo-irrigation syringes and then another seven for the uncapped. I mean, now, you know, you're 25 grand in in fines, you know, just on, on these hypothetical questions, Sierra. Um, wow. So that's a lot of hypothetical money. Right. How do you feel about OSHA, Lance? I, I don't know where you kind of stand politically, but in Texas, there's a lot of libertarians. And so libertarians would sort of say there's not really a need for OSHA because the mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's what I am. I'm just saying if Ron Paul, who is sort of the king libertarian of all time, if Ron Paul were looking at this, he would say there's no need for OSHA. Because dental practices who don't follow good sanitation and infection control procedures will be selected against in the open market. Do you believe that? Uh, I don't know about that specifically, but generally speaking, um, I think uh, OSHA can eat a bag of dicks. I had uh, a a new hire that lasted a full day. Um, (laughs) Only back Monday. And apparently she turned me in because I didn't have goggles for uh, changing the cold sterile. And so this OSHA guy comes in my office and says, yeah, I need to to look around. And I'm like, who the hell are you and what the hell is this? And so long story short, um, the the wording in in the Washington state law did not specify that had to be goggles. Because I have plenty of eye protection everywhere. We have sunglasses and and stuff for patients everywhere. And And our cold sterile is actually in a drawer it's one of those ADEC sterilization centers, and so you you open this drawer where the sloshing fluid is, but it's got a lid on it. I mean, it's physically impossible to r- risk your eyes with this. We we tried and uh, couldn't couldn't hurt ourselves, but I had to pay a thousand dollar fine to these at OSHA because of this dumbass working interview or, or hire that didn't last. That um, found she was looking for something to uh, to turn me in for. Uh, and uh, it was so I have some goggles and a, a note right above the drawer 
saying must wear goggles when changing the um, the solution, but no one ever does. Where does that money go? I mean, OSHA is a federal agency, yeah. Apparently. So that goes to like the just the general fund, I guess. Like. I guess. <laughs> I've never gotten knock on wood. Jesus, knock on wood vigorously. I hope you can hear that on microphone. Like, let's get some foley work here. Um, never had an OSHA fine. Um, man, I don't. I don't know. I. <sighs> You know, the, I guess a true libertarian would throw the Tulsa oral surgeon guy out as an example of the market correcting itself, right? But I think OSHA is what caught him. So I, I don't know. Would he still be operating, you know, without it? Yeah. I can see their worth, but I can also see, you know, there's there's dentists that are just, that are they don't have malice in their heart. They're just trying to make it through the day. Stuff happens. Try as hard as you can, and every once in a while, one's going to sneak past the goalie, right? Right. So stop hunting down and finding those people, and do your best to find the people like the Tulsa oral surgeon who have malice in their heart and just don't care. Those are the people that I think we all would want OSHA to find. But we don't want is the people who are really trying to make it and really trying to do their best and have one stupid little thing and you come in and give us a big fine for that. Like that is what I think apps us about big government or whatever. Totally agree. Preaching the choir. But all of this point is is moot because this was a hypothetical question, right? Right, right. I mean, clearly. <laughs> Clearly hypothetical. Oh, 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 Lance, Lance, Lance. Well, I'm glad to hear at least that uh, that uh, that particular temporary or whatever new hire made it at least a day. I think that's uh, steps for the full day because her voice didn't annoy the hell out of me. Good for her. Hey, Lance, let's go do some big production. I want to talk to you guys about Gobi toothbrushes. Have you experienced frustration with today's overpriced and overcomplicated electric toothbrushes? A great electric toothbrush can go upwards of $200 plus. Gobi has designed the perfect electric toothbrush, combined it with convenience and customer experience. Have you ever had a patient tell you that they got a better deal on an electric toothbrush than what you have for in your office at Costco or Sam's? Isn't that frustrating that we get undercut by the big box retailers? Gobi only sells direct to customers and to dental practices. You're never going to find Gobi at a big box store. Gobi offers free shippings and free returns and is guaranteed for life. Now, Gobi has a uh, logo customization where they can put your practice's logo on a Gobi brush and give patients a unique incentive for high value procedures or for cash paying patients. Your own custom Gobi logo lets your practice stay top of mind and deliver amazing results in and out of the office. Now, one of the cool things about Gobi is the subscription service for brush head replacements. Gobi offers convenient brush head subscription service, automatically sending patients a new replacement brush head every few months for just $6 each with free shipping. It solves the biggest issue that we have with people never changing out their worn out, ineffective brushes. The average person replaces their toothbrush head every nine months with Gobi that goes down to quarterly. Now, Gobi uses rotationally oscillating technology, clinically proven to be really effective at cleaning teeth. Gobi isn't overburdened with a bunch of features like Bluetooth and crazy different, you know, nine different modes that just end up making the price higher for features that the patient's never going to use. Gobi has the qualities people love and need in an electric brush. Two-minute timer, 
30 second intervals, two speeds, and a long lasting battery, delivering your patient the best clean possible at an affordable price. So check out Gobi at gobi.co. I use one myself. It's great. Comes in different fun colors, comes in all black, which is cool. Uh, I think Gobi is a great option as an incentive for patients, as a contest giveaway, and they're really affordable. So check out gobi.co for more information. Tell them you heard about them on the working interferences and they will take great care of you. The people at Gobi are awesome. It's a small company. Corey and Ben, those guys are really there helping dentists out. And it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. So check out Gobi at gobi.co. One of the coolest things about Gobi is where it got its name from, the Gobi fish, which is one of the fish that helps clean bigger fish's teeth in the ocean and in the coral reefs. So I love the way that it got its name. It's a great company, super cool guys, and they are helping us out being able to deliver our patients a great, true electric rechargeable brush at a great price. All right, on to uh, question three, our Reddit Reddit. question. This one's fun. It's not as good as last week's, but it's still good. Reddit user smallfat underscore endeavor. Don't know what that means. I have no idea. Asks, human cadaver bone grafting material and DNA. Me again. If I do, if I do have my bone grafting done with the human cadaver bone material, will it change my DNA profile? I'm interested in getting a DNA test done for ethnicity and health reasons, but I've put it off because I've read that people with rotting teeth may shed tooth matter into their saliva samples, rendering the samples unusable. So is there still DNA left in human cadaver material? Well, first, I got to call bullshit on the whole tooth contaminating your sample because it's still your own damn DNA. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where this guy heard that. Have you done any of those? That like Ancestry.com or, or My23 or whatever? 23 yeah, so Detola and I did 23andMe together. Uh, on, on the same bathroom stall together? Yeah, it was, it was. we sort of interlocked arms and then um, swabbed each other's buccal mucosa like, like we were toasting with champagne. And so we read our results on the air um, and, or on podcast. And stuff was all like pretty normal. Like he had wet earwax and whatever. Like it was nothing major. And then mine said that I have a 74% increased chance of getting early onset all Alzheimer's. Oh, really? Yeah. So I literally found that out like on microphone as we were recording. Oh, really? So that was fun. Huh. That was real. Well, family, we did the Ancestry.com version, uh, but I don't remember it telling me stuff like that. It was just mostly like I'm I'm 3% Eastern European and, right. and 40%. The 23andMe does that stuff as well, and mine was literally 99% English. It was white. Your accent, really, your fake accent, really was kind of more ethnic. Yeah, it's it, it like literally, there's like no whiter bread than me. Uh, was that a surprise? No, I kind of that deep down, like 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 Vader talking to Luke, like look into your heart, you know it to be true. Like yeah, I can, like not only can I see that. Every Spanish teacher I've ever had, uh, any person who I tried to dance with at a high school dance could have told you that. Like any basketball coach that I've ever had, all of those. Answer, you have an overbite? <laughs> I have an overbite, yes. It's class two all the time. Uh, yeah, so that that was that was fun. I, I how could decay affect the dean? I, I just that's I don't know who's heard that. I mean, are we saying that uh, you you got bad perio disease? Your your actinum 
actinomyces is going to get in there and, and they've got their DNA is going to screw up the sample? Because I kind of think not. Porphyromonas gingivalis, maybe. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I don't know how 23andMe does this. You know, I think back to, to, I think back to genetics like lab in college and, and doing like um, gel ionophoresis and things like that. Mm-hmm. you'd be able to isolate multiple, you know, if let's say there were P. gingivalis or whatever in the sample and they did the DNA testing, they would easily be able, that's going to be a smaller strand of DNA. That's going to be a much smaller, it's not going to have 23 chromosomes. The, from si- simple centrifugation, they're going to be able to get, they're going to do the testing from, they're going to do their ionophoresis or whatever, PCR or whatever they're type of genetic analysis they're doing, they're going to do that from the heaviest molecules that are in the sample. Right. So they're not going to, like all that, all the other DNA from any bacteria you have in your mouth are going to be towards the top of the sample because they're going to be much lighter genetic uh, so I, I just, it's hard for me. Uh, that has to just be urban legend. I have no idea where he's heard that. Um, the idea though, of you getting a bone graft and then your DNA changing, I think is super cool. Well, isn't that how Spider-Man got his power? Thinking I'm totally thinking of like a superhero scenario here. Like I go in, I, I, tomorrow I bite down on a piece of, of, of uh, chicken and there's a bone in it and I split number 30 in half and I need to get, you know, an extraction of graft and get it set up for an implant. And they give me a bone graft and lo and behold, it just so happens it's bone from LeBron James. And next thing you know, like I'm just like, wow, like I can just, my, I've got ups, like I can, I'm, my vertical leap just increased by like 27 inches and I'm now all of a sudden I'm dunking. Like this is a real like rookie of the percent white. Yeah, even though I even though I'm 99 percent British, like I'm now like jumping from the free throw line to dunk, and it's like it's like a real rookie of the year scenario. You know, you remember that movie about the the kid who got the surgery and they over tightened his uh, elbow ligaments, and now he could throw like 99 miles. <laughs> so, right, I remember that one. So next thing you know, like I'm uh, I'm trying out for the Spurs, you know, because I have LeBron James's bone graft in in my site number 30, and then one game, you know, I go into get my implant and then like the bone graft is gone and it's like the day before game seven and the next day i have to go out there and i don't have lebron james's dna helping me out anymore and that's tragic that's when we learned it it was all inside my heart you know it was all it was inside me the whole time lance it was it was always there we attributed it to the bone graft from LeBron, lebron james but really it came from my heart my burning desire to win lance and that's the moral of the story well, that burning desire was actually chlamydia. Yeah, probably. I probably got that in the, in the bone sample as well. <laughs> could it change your DNA? That would be really bad. If it could, that would be really bad for getting like bovine bone. And you're just outside just chewing on grass. Yeah. Yeah, that, I can see where that would be. What's doing? He's just, God, he's like, he just, he ate the front yard. I don't know what's happening. Is he chewing his cud? He's just, he's just chewing all this grass. And that, he's on the neighbor's yard. He says the zoysia grass is better than our St. Augustine. And he always said he liked St. Augustine. I don't know why he's all of a sudden on the zoysia grass thing. Zoysia grass is harder to grow. It's a, I'm a big fan of fescue, so it's it's really going to be... It's going to be hard. I'm just going to have to really... I hope that the DNA grows you four stomachs as well, because you're going to have, you're going to need them to chew all this grass that you're going to be chewing after your, your bovine bone bone graft, because your DNA's been changed. Yeah. Whose DNA would you 
want? Whose bone would you want if this happened? Would you want like Adele's bone? Uh, Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. Would Wolverine give a bone graft? Because isn't his bone covered by that metal? Oh, that's right. Adamantium. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Um, Who would be good? Keith Richards may not be bad. Well, yeah, he's immune to everything. He's everything and you just have to imagine that there is just ton, like you would get some kind of ins- like that would do your sedation right there because the, there has to be so much of like the dank 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 push and all the other cns depressants that are in they're living in that bone that you don't even need so you don't need iv sedation the bone graft through the dna shifting is going to give you the sedation you need through keith richards's previous experiences i think that's uh, that makes sense that would be good what other me i mean J- jimmy hendrix would be sweet you know you get you get a bone graft and then you're just shredding on the guitar yeah yeah we'll go to Père Lachaise, my excuse, go back to Paris, go to Père Lachaise Cemetery and dig up Jim Morrison, and I could be the Lizard King. I, I say, I think there's a, you'd have a similar effect as Keith Richards with that one. There still has Probably. so much freaking chemical in that in that bone, even that that you'd get pretty high. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Wouldn't it be like crazy if like that became a new street drug, like snort old rock stars ground bones? <laughs> The value of Jimi Hendrix. Oh my God! I mean, you just like how on earth could you even? It'd be such a small group of people who could actually do that. Like, like those childs, you know, like those crazy rich families or whatever, just like snorting ground up bone from dead rock stars. Oh man, can can bone wrap change your? DNA. I, Lance, I don't think it can. I'm, I'm going to go with a no. Final answer. Do we... <laughs> there can't really be any DNA left in the bone graft. I don't, I don't think so. I think they're so worried about prions and everything that they've... So it's like so irradiated and treated that there's just nothing left, right? Yeah, yeah. All the it, are like a scaffolding, so yeah, it's gone. When you do implants, I'm assuming you, you, you do some grafting, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What type are you using? Cadaver bone or what? What? What are you using? Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's going to be like puros and things like that. Okay. I didn't have very much success with the beta tricalcium phosphate, so stick to cadaver bone. I think next time you do one, I think you need to tell them like, hey, listen, there's a chance that this could alter your DNA, and you know, then you could start exhibiting skills and talents from whoever it was that was before the horror movie in that is if like you got charles manson or something like that right how would you turn into like a serial killer and you're like you know a like a devoted mother of two and and uh deacon in your in your catholic church on the weekends and all of a sudden you're just just slaughtering prostitutes on the weekend you know because you have charles manson's bone yeah yeah i mean it would be kind of like the sperm banks where people are, are going for their their profile and their donor I'm, i want a doctor i want a lawyer as a donor and uh, do the same with this bone bank. Would you really want a lawyer as a donor? I feel like you could go to any bar and just get inseminated by a lawyer pretty quickly. I don't. It's not even really take all that much work. Like I don't think you need to go to a sperm bank to do that. I might maybe the 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 DNA from a a, a Canadian Asperger's dentist might might be. Uh... <laughs> it's gonna be very very detail oriented. Uh- I'm looking, so he said me again, or he or she or whoever said me. And so I'm kind of looking through their profile. The problem is here is they've got 116,000 karma points. 
So they are like Reddit super user. So digging around here is somewhat problematic trying to find their their previous post about what's happening with them here. Um, let's see. They are active in a community called Fat Logic. Um, H-A-T? I, no, F-A-T Logic. Uh, they're active in dentistry. They're active in Ask Women. So maybe this is a woman and I've been saying... Um, uh, he. Um, they're active in keto, uh, which I think is a diet thing. Like, next like ride or something is that like where you basically don't eat any carbs or sugar or whatever and your body goes into something like that. Or um, and then so, and then they're active in a subreddit called Lose It. So obviously this is someone who is somewhat interested in weight loss and maybe fitnessy kind of stuff. I don't know. Inter- I, I just, I can't find their original post because it said me again. That makes me think that they posted something else about their right. and what I'm trying to see if they, um, had, had any jewels in, in their previous one, but uh, it would take some more digging to find it. So uh, it, it's an interesting question. I think it's somebody who's been watching far too many comic book movies. Yeah, to think that DNA from your bone graft would change your DNA. Um, it's cool, though. It'd be cool. That'd be really cool because then you could, you know, sell in a lot more than just a bone graft at that point. Oh, yeah. Tiger Woods' bone right here, boy. You're going to be able to like nail Hooters waitresses with the best of them. I don't even know about hitting golf balls. You'd be like secondary to, to, to walking into an Applebee's and going home with the hostess that night. Oh, geez. Well, that was fun. Um, I think that the answer here is no, you don't have to worry about this small fat endeavor. This is not, you can go ahead and do your 23andMe or your ancestry and find out uh, what, your, what your ancestry and heritage is without this affecting your DNA ridiculous um be sure to rate and review us uh we like five we like the number five five that's my favorite like like the uh points of a pentagram that lance has tattooed on his chest the number five is a magical number for lance it really is (laughs) in a special place uh itunes would be the best place to review us if possible but really anywhere you listen to podcasts will be fine uh hit us up on the web at www.workinginterferences.com um we've got a website i don't know how much of it uh, how much honesty is really there but hey uh, you know it is what it is um uh, and uh, check us out on all the sort of social bullshits uh winterferences on twitter winterferences on instagram uh what do we got uh, facebook working interferences with josh and lance i think that covers all of them yeah 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 uh, delved into snapchat just yet and uh, never well yeah i'm gonna stay off of that probably yeah. for everybody involved if we stay off the snapchat we could let your daughter handle the Snapchat for us if she wanted to. Yeah, there maybe. It would involve her actually having to like listen to the show, which breaker. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's gonna cover it, Lance. Do uh, you have a song for us? I think I did the last one. Uh, yeah, way back uh, a song in the Wayback Machine. Um, Icicle Works, Whisper to a Scream. Kind of reminds me back in the back in my youth. Did you just make this up? Did you just open up your freezer and just like five words that came into your head immediately? Like icicle, whisper, scream, like, no, no, this is real. No, in, in fact, um, you know, it, it, we were, I was watching the movie Scream with my daughter uh, the other day and they, uh, someone did a cover of this song at the very end of the movie. Whisper to a scream, and uh, but it was originally done by the Icicle Works way back in like '84. <laughs> You're checking me out to make sure that I'm not making it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm googling Icicle Works. Uh, my 
is running slow today. Um, so it's uh, it's it's not it's not responding. So I, I have yet to see if this is real. Yeah, here we go. The icicle work. Whisper to a screen. Birds fly. Um, interesting. I've never heard of this. This looks like it's two guys. Would you say these guys are punk? Would this be like British invasion? Like the 80s? It's kind British- of the, it's like a new wave. Dance-ish. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So this is, uh, you were in high school. No, like middle school, maybe high school. I discovered them when I was in high school, but I think it was a somewhat old song at the time. So I would have been in middle school when it came out. Okay, interesting. Uh, Another British band. This has been a very British-centric show today, really. And I don't mind. I really don't. I really don't. They're they're just you're 99% British, so yes. And and quite frankly, the British are just better than we are. So we should just aspire to be true. To be more like them. Yeah, Ian McNabb, um, actually brother to Donovan McNabb, former Philadelphia quarterback. So you learn something new every day. Awesome. So this is uh, The Icicle Works um, and uh, Whisper to a Scream. Uh, For Lance, uh, this is Josh. Peace.